What's up, everybody? It's Katerina. Thank you for joining me today in another episode of Pod Talk. Today's topic of the day is picking a residency, what residency would be good for you, what to look for when you're rotating and picking clerkships, and what kind of residency is right for you. So I'm going to be talking about five to six different things that you should look into when picking a residency and just clerkships for that matter when you're picking rotations for school. So going back um, to my experience, I really, when I was going into rotations, I really wanted to venture out and do something new. So instead of kind of staying true to really what I wanted to do was just kind of stay home. Um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to venture out. I'm going to try something new. So I did a lot of out of state rotations. So I did Fort Lauderdale. I did Indianapolis. I did Louisville. I did Denver. I did Chicago programs as well. But then at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, I want to stay home. I want to do something that's close to home. This is pretty much where I want to practice my whole life. My whole family's here. My heart's in Chicago. My soul's in Chicago. Um, So I did venture out. I did take risks. I'm glad I did because I got a taste of what it's like to practice in another state or uh, to be away from home. So I really grew from that experience and I I would never do anything different. Um, But that goes into number one, into picking a residency and a program. Location. I think location is a really big factor that goes into picking where you want to go. And It could either be close to home, far away. Um, Location involves weather and it includes geographical location. Are you more of like, you know, an East Coast person, West Coast? Um, You know, it really depends on what kind of culture you want to dive yourself into, what kind of weather you want to dive yourself into, um, and what's your scene, what's your atmosphere, what kind of speaks to you. So location for me is a really big thing. Number two, people. People, personalities. How well do you, you know, groove with people in certain programs on your rotations? Do you feel like you have really good teamwork with them? Do you feel like you can be yourself? That's a really big thing for me. I had to go somewhere where I felt like, Um, I wouldn't be judged for me. I could be myself. I don't have to constantly put on a show. I wanted to go somewhere where it was family. Family to me, growing up was always a big thing, growing up in like a Greek family. So I really wanted to find a program that I could call family of my own. And the program that I'm at is definitely family to me. So I'm really lucky to be where I am today. So really pick somewhere where you feel like you jive well with the residents, with the attendings. Uh, My program specifically, the attendings treat the residents like literally like they're their kids. So it's, it's really nice to have like that family dynamic. So really go somewhere where you feel like you can learn from people. You can be yourself. You can see them as family members. Um, trust me you despite the experience that you might have at a program maybe you'll get really good like cases and stuff like that at the end of the day residency is a long um kind of journey um long hours so you definitely want to go somewhere where you have really good support from both your residents and your attending so i would say that is pretty much on the high high list of things to look for is personalities and the way that you really like drive with people and how you feel like you can connect with people in that program number three um i think you should really pick a program that you feel like uh fits the venn diagram of things that you want to look for in a program so you have to think about what you want do you want a program that's really academic do you want a program that's really surgery heavy do you want a program that's really uh clinic heavy or do you want a really nice mix of all three 
Um, so really look into what every program offers. If you feel like you want something uh, in terms of a lot of academics, like weekly academics where you have journal clubs, student presentation, case studies, um, you know, that's something that you should look into if you're interested in doing more of academic stuff. If you're doing uh, interested in doing research, you can find a facility in a residency that is big on research. So academics and research, if that's something that you're into, make sure that the program that you're interested in going to or clerking in has that option for you. Um, in terms of surgery and clinic, surgery, you're going to get surgery everywhere you go. Because every resident has to get a certain amount of numbers and a residency program wouldn't be existing if the residents can't get their numbers. So everyone's on this like wild hunt chase like, oh, am I going to get my numbers? You know, I'm, I need to get my numbers early so I can get more experience. And yeah, you know, the more cases you have for sure, the more experience you have, the better training you're going to get. But at the end of the day, all residency programs are going to provide the numbers for their residents. Otherwise, they wouldn't be a residency program. There's obviously a certain criteria that every residency program um, has to maintain. And there's evaluations within every residency program. So the programs that are existing today are existent for a reason. So they're going to, you're going to get your numbers regardless. So, um, in that case, you have to really look into a program because some programs are only four foot. So you have to, if you're interested in doing rear foot as well, you have to look into a program that does four foot and rear foot. So in terms of surgical case diversity, um, if you're interested in doing something that entails, you know, pediatrics, um, wound care, uh, diabetic limb salvage. These are all different like subcategories of surgeries that you can do in podiatry. Um, sports med, like I said, pediatrics, you can deal with like more congenital cases in terms of like diabetic limb salvage. You can do like amputations, charcoal reconstruction. Uh, you can do trauma. You can do, there's a whole wide variety of surgical cases that we do as podiatrists, but you know, every program is different. Some programs don't have pediatrics at all. I'm lucky and I am in a program that Loyola University has Dr. Harris. He's very well known and he's only um, a attending that sees a pediatric patient. So he's basically a pediatric podiatrist. He only does peds and to have them on our board and have them on our team and um, to be able to train under him is huge. So for me, going to some program that offered a very wide variety of diverse uh, cases and diversity in patient population was very important to me. So um, at our program specifically, you know, obviously we have the Loyola side, we have uh, the VA side. So to be able to train at both hospitals is huge because you see a lot of pathology, you see a lot of diabetic care and wound care at the VA side, but then on the Loyola side, um, you do see more trauma. We're a level one trauma center. Um, we have a wide variety of pediatric cases because we work so closely with Dr. Harris. Um, so yeah, we have a very good variety and I think that's something that everybody should look into if they're interested in, you know, doing a wide variety of training is to make sure that their program has a little bit of both, a little bit of all three or whatever, um, that you're looking for. So diversity is really big. Um, like I said before, you're going to get your numbers wherever you go. It does include, you know, what kind of numbers you're going to get in terms of what umbrella you're going to get those numbers into. And what I mean by that is everyone's going to get their rear foot numbers, but there's certain programs that they get their rear foot numbers through the uh, podiatry service or the foot and ankle service. Um, 
in our program specifically, for example, we get most of our rear foot when we're under the orthopedic service. So um, there's different programs that have a different kind of like scope of practice of what podiatrists can do and what orthopedic surgeons can do. And especially if you're in a program that has a really big orthopedic uh, department, there's definitely a cutoff of which cases uh, go into which service. So for us, um, uh, we get most of our numbers when for rear foot when we're under the orthopedic service. So like I said before in my other videos, when you're under uh, off-service rotations, you get treated like that resident. So when we're um, as podiatric residents, where we're under the foot and ankle orthopedic service, we're treated like one of their residents. So we get to do the cases, we get to scrub, we get to do all that good stuff. Um, that's pretty much how we get our numbers. So yeah, I feel like that's kind of like a nice recap of what to look for in a program uh, location. People, uh, the way you connect with people, do you see yourself fitting there personality-wise? You want to look at a program that has everything off your checklist, academics, surgical cases, clinic, um, something that's diverse for you. You know, like I said, you're going to get your numbers anywhere you go. So yeah, if you feel like you have any questions regarding programs or what uh, specific programs I did in the cities that I mentioned, just hit me up on Anchor. You can message me straight on Anchor, or obviously you can message me on uh, Katerina DPM on Instagram or Katerina DPM at gmail.com. So thanks again for listening, guys. If you have any questions, hit me up. Have a good day. See you later. What's up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me in another segment of this episode called What to Look For in a Residency and Clerkship Program. Today, we're going to be talking about three different factors to consider in addition to the ones that we talked about before. So number one, we're going to be discussing how many residents a program takes per year and how many residents total there are. Number two, if there's an ortho residency associated with a program. And then number three, the call schedule. So going back to number one, it's really important to consider and to ask how many residents per year or total the, ro the residency program has. And why is this important? So obviously you're gonna have a little bit of a different experience if the program that you are considering has 10 residents, eight residents, three residents, one resident per year. So that's really something to consider because it gives you kind of an idea of um, the size of the program. Um, if there's multiple hospitals being covered, typically you're gonna have more residents. Um, but I have come across a couple of hospitals where there's only one or two hospitals being covered, but yet the program has five or seven residents per year. So in a surgical residency, especially in a program and in a profession where obviously, like we talked about before, it's important to get your numbers, you have to consider how many residents are actually trying to get numbers at the same time that you are. So you're gonna have a little bit of an easier time depending if there's gonna be less residents to get your numbers and to distribute the cases versus a program that has eight or nine residents. Now, that being said, the program that has eight or nine residents or even more or less in kind of in that uh, number range, they may be covering a lot more uh, 
hospitals or cases in general. So usually um, the caseload goes hand in hand with an amount of residents in the residency most of the time, but then sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes you'll see residency programs that only cover one or two hospitals, but yet they still have like six or seven residents. And at that point, it gets kind of hard to distribute the numbers. Who's gonna get which case, especially if you're going in uh, to a program where if let's say they take five a year and we have a three year residency program, you're gonna be distributing the cases and the numbers with another 14 people. If let's say a residency program has 15 residents total. So five per year for three years, um, that's 15 residents total. So that's definitely something to consider. Um, ask how many residents do you guys take? What is the distribution of where the residents go? Do they only stay at one hospital? Do they go to different hospitals? Um, so that's really important to know. Number two, it's really important to know if there's an orthopedic residency associated with the hospital. And that being said, how much of um, participation does ortho and podiatry have together? Do they do cases together? Uh, do the residents rotate with the orthopedic service? Um, what happens in terms of if a ankle fracture comes into the ED, who takes it? What's the scope of practice for podiatry? What's the scope of practice for ortho when it comes to different case distribution? So it's really important to know if there's an orthopedic residency. Chances are if there's not an orthopedic residency, you would be the person on call to be getting ankle pathology, ankle fractures, um, and so on. In programs where there are orthopedic residents and there are orthopedic um, branches within the hospital system, they would probably most likely get the ankle foot and ankle, or I'm sorry, just the ankle, um, like fractures and pathologies like that. Um, but every program is different. Some programs that have foot and ankle, um, orthopedic coverage, uh, and still have podiatry coverage as well. Every program is different in terms of how they distribute who gets the ankle case and who doesn't. Um, so it's really important to ask, is there an orthopedic residency associated with this program? And how do the cases typically get divided? And if they do have an orthopedic residency program, it's also really important to ask, okay, so if they have an orthopedic residency program, do the podiatry residents rotate on their service? So in our program at Loyola University, we actually rotate with the orthopedic service, especially during our third year. I believe we have like six months with the orthopedic service. So it's really important to ask if there's an orthopedic residency included and how involved are the podiatry residents within that orthopedic residency? Are they involved? Are they not? And how well do the cases get distributed between the orthopedic service and the podiatric service? Number three, it's really also important to discuss the call schedule. Who takes call? Is it the, only the first years? Is it only the first and second years? Um, and then the third years take second call. Who takes call? When do they take call? Who takes the holidays? These are all really important because it's going to determine um, your schedule and it's going to determine um, basically how your schedule is going to look like in the next you know, three years. So everyone's different. If someone doesn't really have um, too much of a family life outside of work and podiatry, you know, maybe they'd be a little bit more flexible taking a program that is a little bit more demanding on a call. Um, but through my fair share of experiences, I have run across people that are parents that, you know, would typically like a little bit less demanding call. So that's really something 
uh, to look into and to ask. Who takes call? When do they take call? Do you take... And how is the schedule distributed? So I have been to programs where whoever's on call, whether they're first or second year, they take call on a weekly basis. So you'll have one person on call for the whole week and then they'll switch. Uh, that to me sounds like very demanding in some, it depends on the hospital system and depends on the coverage as well. Um, I would prefer a program that has more of a rotating schedule on call. So for instance, uh, where I go, the first and second years are on call. And then the third years are backup, so their second call. So if let's say something comes in um, at one hospital, and then at the same time something else comes in that's emergent, and both need to be addressed at the same time, that's when the second person on call would come in and help out and play a role. So, like I said, the first and second years are the people that primarily take first call. Now, every month, one of those people, everybody takes at least one weekend of call per month. So that's totally doable. Um, and then during the week, you are either on call once or twice a week. So not bad. And then the first years typically take uh, the holidays for our program. So it's really important to ask these questions going into the program. Um, so you just have a better idea of the schedule. Who takes call for second or third years? What's the call schedule like? And what coverage do you have? Um, that's really important to ask. Do you cover only one hospital? Do you cover two hospitals? Um, and that's really important because if let's say you're at a hospital and then your pager goes off and you have to cover another hospital right across the city, it's really important to know, you know, when you're on call, what do you cover? Am I going to have to drive 10 miles north or 10 miles south to go to the other facility? So these are all really important questions that you should kind of keep in mind when rotating through a program or when you're just considering programs for clerkships that interest you in possibly doing a residency one day. So I have a couple more factors um, that I want to discuss at a later time, but I want to keep these segments a little short so they're not overwhelming. So you kind of learn about factors, you kind of think about it, and then um, it's a little bit short segments so you don't get burnt out listening to me. Um, so I hope you found this helpful. If you have any sort of suggestions, comments, or anything that you'd like to talk to or to have me talk about in these types of episodes or segments, um, other factors to consider in clerkships and residency programs um, that I haven't discussed, just shoot me a message or you can either uh, direct message me or email me at DPM on Instagram or DPM at gmail.com. Hope everybody had an awesome weekend and we'll talk soon. Bye.